Welcome to My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast. Today we are thrilled because we're joined by Robert Murphy, news correspondent for ITV and the host of No Strings Attached. Welcome, Robert. Hey, how you doing? You all right? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Can I just check, is it ITV or ITN? It's, uh, well, yeah, it used to be ITN. Oh, it's because I'm so old-fashioned, Rob. Yeah, it's because you're old-fashioned. <laughs> um, uh, uh, don't worry, everyone knows this is IT, IT, ITN. <laughs> it, it's ITV News now, but it doesn't matter. It makes no difference. And you're joining us from the West Country today in the UK. Um, it is. I don't know when this is going out, but it is a bleak midwinter. I was out for a jog this morning, running past the spectacular Clifton Suspension Bridge, and it was seven in the morning, and it was black. It was all illu- the bridge was illuminated, it looked spectacular, but it is bleak. I remember how grim the winters were. Is it why you left us? A little, a little bit, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> And obviously, we recently reviewed the brilliant podcast, No Strings Attached, and we absolutely loved this podcast, Rob. And one of the reasons why I loved it so much is because I love stories that unravel as you go through and real detective novels like Sherlock and Poirot. And this podcast was like an audio depiction of one of those detective novels. And you did such an amazing job of drip feeding us information. And the ending was just phenomenal. I've got so many questions for you, but could you tell us uh, to begin with, how did you choose the parachute tampering as your first podcast yeah well i've covered lots of crime and lots of crime stories that have been dramatized as well uh there was a serial killer case that i covered a couple of years ago that was turned into a program called a confession with martin freeman um uh there was the joanny yates murder that was turned into the lost honor of christopher jeffries which uh, was another big story and we could have gone with those maybe more um predictable cases and it was actually between two cases it was between this one the parachute case or another an amazing cold case murder that we're actually doing for the second podcast that we're in production for now they're both brilliant um the the, both the cases are amazing um and we went for the parachute one because firstly i knew the detectives i'd covered the case it was multi-layered and uh took people to places that your usual crime podcast doesn't necessarily go we want to try and avoid all the cliches that you get often with some crime podcast and we had the access but then the further I got into it after making contact I had no idea just how big this case was even I'd, mm. and I'd covered it the more I learned about it the more amazed I was by it and you definitely did take us to a new realm of of true crime if you will uh, and a big part of that was as you mentioned the the underbelly of some of his exploits that he got up to behind the scenes you you obviously ventured into that world a little bit yourself you got to meet some of the they're not called madams are they when they um when they know their own <laughs> i didn't meet them i i met i met ricky harwood who was um the owner of the swingers club in salisbury where for 20 pounds you can go there have an evening's <laughs> worth of entertainment as he says and and all the linen included and cook breakfast in the morning and you have to bring your own alcohol but he'll provide the mixers and the coffees and that was strange i've Hands on heart. I've never in, in my advanced years ever been anywhere like that before. <laughs> we interviewed during COVID and he has retired. So he was keen to 
maintain social distancing, which struck me as unusual that any <laughs> social distancing had ever happened at that property. But there is a little discrepancy here as well, because when you speak with Maddie, who went there as part of the investigation, the man I interviewed, Ricky, had suddenly recollected stuff when I interviewed him, which he wasn't forthcoming with telling her. With the passage of time, think people remember stuff that they talk more freely, perhaps. So yeah, that was interesting. I'd actually forgotten. I'd known that he was still having a relationship with his ex-wife around the corner. Um, I knew about the sex workers, but I'd forgotten about the sex club, actually. Uh, and I didn't know about his other girlfriends who he met off in, in Surrey and places near the barracks where he lived. There were about three of them, I think. Probably more. Many more. It was nuts. It really made you think and like highlighted the fact that and even what some might consider or call small or sleepier towns, that this stuff exists, right? It's real. It's out there. Um, and you're a bit ignorant to believe that it doesn't happen in, in your area because it does. And it, did, it just presented a whole different side to this podcast and a bit of humour that I thought worked yes. really, really well. <laughs> yeah, it, it gave us a lightness of touch. and, mm. and But it might make some people think, you know, what's my partner doing or how do I mm. conduct my own affairs or how about them next door? Yeah, it, it gave a sort of a big hit to the podcast. It made it different and distinctive. Mm. There's a sort of tongue in cheekness about it. But also there's a serious side to it as well, because this was, you know, this is Vicky's life. You know, this is the husband. This is the, the, the man she planned to spend the rest of her life with. And what he was up to was outrageous. And uh, yeah, and, and it's hard not to be prurient, if that's the right word. You know, I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to 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 be holier than now because it's not my right to do that. Things happen. Mm. As I think Paul Franklin says it's, we're not the moral police. It does happen. Happen. But this is to such an extreme that it's it's frightening, really. It's frightening. Do you think Emil or Vicky have listened to the podcast? I don't know. We did engage with Vicky and we thought at one point we might get her on it because she oh, had a wow. book that was coming out and yes. the book was coming out at the same time the podcast was coming out. I, I just don't know. I don't know if they've they've heard. I mean, Emil's got quite a bit of time on his hands. How much longer has he got to serve? Uh, he will be out in about 16 years if he gets parole. Uh, parole, yeah. But he's got to, I think often you have to admit what you've done. I'm not sure mm. if he'll do that while his mum is still alive. So uh, I, I don't know. Um, so he's still saying he's innocent. He never touched the parachute. As far as I know. How frightening because a couple of years ago, I actually did a parachute jump with my husband. And when you are free falling, I have to say... It was probably the worst experience I've ever had because it's actually quite painful when you have the air rushing up your nose at whatever speed you're dropping at. And I was so happy when the parachute was released and it becomes like this beautiful, gentle glide to the earth and it becomes very peaceful and relaxed. But the initial falling part, the descent is quite scary, I think, and I cannot imagine what was going through Vicky's mind when her first parachute didn't release and then when the second one didn't release the panic and do you think she did lose consciousness because of the rate that she was yeah so she wouldn't have that's why she hit the floor like a rad yeah I think she's so well trained in what she did she really did everything she could and then there was a point either just before she hit the ground or when she hit the ground that 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 it just went black um, yeah, I mean, she would have had just seconds, really just seconds to react. And she would have known what she was doing. I mean, almost certainly wouldn't have survived had she not been able to grab It was a, a controlling a cable or something like that. It was just a, a cable that shouldn't hold the weight. It's to, to st it's a steering cable or something she managed to grab, I think, which helped her. And, and if it hadn't been a newly ploughed field, just by luck, that field was had yeah. just been ploughed. And that field is never ploughed. Hadn't been ploughed in years, hasn't been ploughed again. It was just 
coincidence that wow. that field was had just been done. And she is amazing how she was able to recover. And also she's a physiotherapist and was able to self-therapize. Practice, that's, yeah. that's not the right way. Yeah, to get out of um, hospital quickly and walk again and function again. She's she's an incredible woman. She really is. She's amazing. So um, was there anyone in the podcast that you you really wish you had have had the chance to have spoken to, Rob? Um uh, I'd love to have spoken to Vicky um, just to see where she had come to as well. I mean, it's clear just how far away from reality she must have gone. Um, she must have been coerced and, uh, I mean, it's so sad. Um, so Vicky was uh, the key one. I'd love to have spoken to his first wife, who he was mm. still having um, an affair with. That There was um, a, a skydiver as well who jumped um, before her and she passed as she fell. I, I, I lucked out with the three detectives. They are incredible and also so eloquent as well. Not just, yes. and, and that's, it's them, it's their spirit really, which yes. carries, I think, the podcast. Is that Maddie, Paul and Frank? Yeah, yeah. Maddie, Paul Franklin and uh, Mark Lewis. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were tremendous. So talk to us about how that relationship forged like, and got stronger through through the podcast. Like, where, where are you guys now and, and what were some highlights for you as a as a team? Yeah, I, I mean, I knew Paul a couple of times because I, I covered the trial and I interviewed him at the time. And uh, and this is a way that the podcast came around because after Silius was found guilty, I did a long interview with him for TV for about half an hour. And I found out during this interview all kinds of stuff that I just didn't know about, stuff that hadn't come out in the trial that was incredible. And I used about four minutes of that on the news, but it was like, you know, an hour long interview. And I had the material just sitting there. And I thought, we could do so much with this. And how about a podcast? And that's part of the reason why the podcast came about. And so, and I knew him from that. I knew Maddie, I'd interviewed Maddie on the human trafficking raid that she was on because she moved on subsequently. But I had no idea just how eloquent they were really when, when it was a proper long form interview. Um, they were, they were incredible. And just how open they would be as well about how it impacted their own lives. You know, for Maddie to, to say that she had herself found herself a coercive relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she'd only realized that from something that Vicky Silius had said. I think that's so vulnerable, so honest and so strong of a Maddie to have said that mm. uh, and inspiring as well. You know, totally. she's, she's incredible. I saw it as a massive call to arms for listeners who might have found themselves in the same situation for, you know, a, a cop to yeah. be that raw and be that honest. It allowed the space, for, hopefully, for other listeners to, to do the same if that's the position that they find themselves in. So, yeah, really inspiring. Are they all still detectives? Yeah, they're all still working. That's the thing. They were so open and so honest about things that they perhaps could have done if they'd gone back and done it again. They would have done yeah. it differently. And they were so honest, but they're still serving. They've still got big jobs, important jobs. And yeah, I'm in touch with Maddie uh, a bit and, and Paul still uh, a little less so Mark. They're amazing. and uh, But it's also how they presented as well, how they talked. It was just uh, a searing honesty that you don't always get from police officers. You know, Paul, when he talks, he has this lovely, he sort of leans into the microphone and he'll put in a little sort of comedy. He doesn't mean it to be funny, but it's very human asides when he goes and speaks to Vicky and to tell her that... Uh, They've arrested a meal and you open the house is like a show home and you look down, takes his shoes and socks off. Has he got matching socks? You know, that kind of things, these <laughs> yeah. little human things that you, you you worry about as a human being, you know, a, an awkward conversation and you want to, uh, just really nice human asides that, you know, they're nice people, really nice people. 
And I told Ollie when we were recording the podcast that a lot of the podcasts we listen to really paint police officers in not the most flattering lights. And for a lot of police departments around the world, you know, leave us kind of thinking they could be doing so much better. So it was really refreshing to hear, as you mentioned, the human side of these police officers that just wanted to do a really good job and just wanted to make sure that the bad guy... And win. they worked on it as if it was a, a real homicide, not just an attempted homicide almost. It, exactly. That's it's the same thing. You know, the intent was there, so it's the same, yeah. uh, whether she dies or not. And the other thing is, you know, this should have been escalated to the major crime team, which is a big region-wide force, but that decision was taken that it would stay within the smaller CID teams. So it was just the three of them. In a way that, I mean, that added for the podcast, that's brilliant um, because that adds to the story. It has such a big impact on their lives. And also because they had such um, support and they were so well-liked by the people they worked with. So the barrister, the the Army Jump Association, the psychologist, the the, uh, for the National Crime Agency, uh, Dr. Adrian West. You know, these people who were working, uh, collaborating with them on the prosecution liked the team so much that helped me because there was this sort of warmth towards them. And that sort of opened doors when I was putting in bids. I mean, Adrian West, the psychologist, he's, he just doesn't do interviews. There's probably not a murderer in the country who he hasn't seen at some point or read the papers on or, or offered an opinion on. He just doesn't talk. But because he liked the detectives so much and was so respectful wow. of them, um, he agreed to be interviewed. I, I can't yeah, believe, that's so you cool. know, because he still works. He can only talk about certain mm. things, talk more about process than individually what happened but the warmth of feeling towards the detectives really helped me a lot and you've worked with so many greats because when I was stalking you earlier and I saw that you'd also worked with Trevor McDonald and obviously growing up in the UK he was the broadcaster that I would be watching just before bedtime and it's just so incredible that you've been able to be the journalist it adds this extra depth when somebody has reported on the case followed it for years like you say is in touch with the detectives has that access and when they decide to do a podcast about it it's almost so much more richer in detail than if you were just to read an article about it and and it would have been quite easy for itv to say look can you produce the podcast and we'll put it give it to someone who's famous yeah. uh, and, and they'll present it because more people will listen. In a world of strings and parachutes. That's a good line, actually. I'll have to write that down. Uh, uh, yeah, so it would have been very easy to do that, but I think they wanted something more organic. And also, you know, it was it was just me and a colleague, Dawn, um, really working on the nuts and bolts of it, really. So, And also get the nuance uh, of it. And also because back when I first heard about the case, uh, you know, you get press release in it's 2015 and, and you read the press release, hang on, these blokes and really no and also even if that has happened they're never going to prove it how can they prove it and you think oh hang on he's a year later he's been charged and and you'd phone up every few weeks anything happened that parachute case and it's just been investigated and then it actually comes and then there's a prosecution and then there's a trial and then you sit through the trial and the trial collapses and then you have another trial and that works and you and you think i was couple of steps back you know we of course naturally i'm not in the investigation room with them but but you get some idea really of of what the police must have been through or the toll it must have taken on them. and for yourself you're just so emotionally invested in the process you know even if it is a couple of steps behind you're waiting with bated breath to sort of see what comes next and yeah as ollie mentioned i think definitely you being on board with this project and being the one that actually brought it to life uh just added something that I don't think you could have paid someone enough money to replicate. So it was, yeah, it was really good to hear it from your perspective. 
That's kind of you. I, yeah, I mean, you do wake up in the middle of the night thinking, hang on, how about that line there? Or we should put a sound effect there. Or uh, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the bit that on the last episode where they're guilty, I, I was staying at my mother-in-law's house and I was awake at four in the morning thinking, no, I've got to end it like this and I've got to intersperse the clip. So I just, I thought, well, stop thinking about it, just edit it. So I got down at four in the morning and I, that whole sort of section there was edited in the early hours just when I thought, no, got to do it. And I just hit a zoner. Did you do all your own editing? Yeah, I did it myself. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. I was going to say, when do you add that feather to your cap? Yeah. Yeah, so I work with um, Dawn, who does sound effects and is a second um, filter, and she makes it sound professional. This you know, has happened she... a couple of times, hasn't it, James, where we've talked to journalists. We talked to Paul Cochran earlier in the year, who reported on the Childers fire that killed 17, 15 backpackers 20 years ago. And when you hear how invested the journalists are in the stories that they've reported in across the years, it adds this new perspective where you realise that they're not this group of people who just show up like vultures to put it in the papers regardless of the people involved's feelings. They are human beings who genuinely care about all the parties that are involved and it stays with them for decades after. Yeah, I, I mean, quite a few cases I've covered do stay with me, um, crime and non-crime as well, you know, and it's always the people who are not celebrity, mm-hmm. you know, lucky enough to have interviewed very well-known people, you know, prime ministers, politicians, royalty, stuff like that. But the people who always stay with you are the people who, who you can just see in a situation, either a great situation or an awful situation and how they're dealing with it. Those are always the people that you you think about months later, Mm. years later. But I hope that investment came through. And also, I think the police understood that as well. And I was doing it to tell the story. And as a consequence, you know, just by telling the story, I think the police came out very well. There was no, you know, we're going to do this to show the police in a brilliant light. It was just how it happened. But we're also really mindful of Vicky as well, because she wasn't on board. She's a victim. She's a mum of two children. And if she were to be listening, you know, how would she react? Is What impact might this have on her life? Uh, she was almost first and foremost, yeah. actually, in our minds when we were editing it. You know, we're putting this out, but we've got to be really careful and with everything so we say And that's so considerate of you. I remember watching an interview with her on This Morning, and she was almost in this state of denial. And it was as if everybody around her was saying honey, wake up, smell the coffee. This was your husband was trying to kill you. And I must read her book, actually, because I'd love to hear from her perspective what it was that flipped the switch for her in the day that she realized, huh, my husband was actually trying to murder me. And at some stage could have actually killed his children. Yes, exactly. A few years ago, over a decade ago, I did a expose thing about a cult in the the Cotswolds and the people. It was this uh, spiritual leader who encouraged people who... They were all very wealthy people, very, very intelligent people who sort of fell under her spell and found themselves being more and more persuaded and coerced by her and their money started evaporating. And they were, we're talking about international bankers here. We're talking about really high end businessmen who were very intelligent, but lacking something. They were looking for some something in their hearts. Meaning and purpose, yeah. Exactly. And she, I think Vicky falls into that. She's clearly a very, very clever woman. The, the reality of what she found herself in must have been terrifying. Yeah. So it was easier to just carry on with it. Perhaps you would know more about you this. You must story. absolutely do a podcast about this cult in the Cotswolds, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. really promise we'll brilliant. listen to it. We promise we'll review. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a long time ago now. but yeah. oh, Definitely. I, I wonder, I was thinking, Rob, this is the first podcast for ITV News. And 
you, you obviously one of the, the leading forces in sort of getting it across the line. What was your podcast inspiration? If you were thinking about, like, did you hear a podcast that was like, hey, we could do that? It wasn't a crime one, actually. It was, um, it was Slow Burn, oh, which is an American... Burn. I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, the Leon yeah. Nafuck ones and uh, I, and uh, that and the Bill Clinton ones. But it was his structure and that, and I, I, I just stole it, basically. The, 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 yeah, so the opening two minutes is a little story and then you, it hits you with um, the, the music. and You were, and in, the, you were inspired by it. <laughs> yeah, inspired <laughs> by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no such thing as a new idea, is there? Uh, and I love that podcast. Um, great storytelling and... Uh, I don't know how long it goes on for, but that's a lot of time to be hearing about the Watergate yes. scandal. And actually, it's so compelling. And I, I quite like my American politics. I don't like it that much. But I was, you know, hooked throughout the holiday. I was listening to it. I thought, my God, this is this is brilliant. Awesome. Um, and and I, since then, the, the other one uh, I've been listening to is, I'm sure you've heard it, is The Tunnel, which is a BBC one. In Germany? Yeah, in Germany, under yeah, the wall. Yeah, amazing. And it's beautiful, this the sound on that is incredible. I think it won an award recently. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It deserves it. There's storytelling, but but also they're talking about a tunnel, but it, everything is primal. The storytelling is primal. And I always try to get sort of primal feelings in my storytelling, what it's like to be a mum or a dad or a child. You can be talking about anything, but if you have that primal element in a story that bonds you together with it often, um, the way they produce it was beautifully done, I thought, and they got those elements in. Awesome. And that's always nice hearing what inspires podcast makers. So I know, Ollie, you're always looking for um, podcast recommendations. So, so Rob, if you, if, you could, yeah. like, if you could recommend a podcast to our listeners. Yeah, there's another, it's another BBC one, actually, uh, which is not really crime, but yeah, it actually does feature crime. It's called Ecstasy. It's got oh, Sean Ryder. So it's good. got Liverpool gangsters. Uh, and it's got really sad stuff as well along the way. You know, it's the, 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 the brutal reality of, of this fun drug. And it's got Dutch... Makers. Magnates. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, it's got great tunes as well. Oh the music's amazing. God. I was a bit too young. Um, I lived in Leeds a little bit later than when all this was going on. But, you know, I do remember the aftermath, you know, sort of the, the, the sort of latter days of, of what they're talking about and their music and... Uh, and the house yeah, scene. I still regret that I never got to go to the hacienda. Yeah, I think it might have been very dangerous then, oh, perhaps, yeah. maybe yeah. You, you, you're, in your days. But And they've tried something really inventive with it as well, with the uh, dramatisations. Yes. With like A. Dedmanson and it's like little addendums, isn't it? Where you get to hear fictional stories about what life would have been like as a DJ or, yeah, amazing. What about what about one that you think might stump Ollie? What's like a, is there a classic of yours or a favourite of yours? Because yeah, I like to play a game with all our uh, people that we interview. Um, basically, I think maybe twice, one of our people we've interviewed have been able to actually stump Ollie with a podcast that she hasn't heard of or hasn't oh, listened no. to before. No, no. Uh, does it have to be crime? No, 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 not crime at all. So just a podcast that you listen all. to that you think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yes, this is really good. And my wife got me onto this, actually. It's here in the UK. is a lady called Holly Tucker who set up a range of shops. No, it's called Not on the High Street. Oh, I know the shop. Does that count? It's, yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's, it's online. She, she's, she set up Not on the High Street and it was a th- an online portal, really, for lots of independent um, makers and... Uh, personalised gifts. Exactly, that's right. Exactly. So that's done very well. And she makes a podcast speaking with business people but it's what inspired them what their successes their failures and she speaks to in the uk really high-end business people and the things that work for them things that didn't work and it's called conversations of inspiration 
And the best one she spoke with, with a guy called Tim Smith, who came up with the Eden Project, which is uh, big in, uh, in the UK. And it was such a good interview. It went on for two episodes and it's just amazing. She's great at getting people who've got amazing stories, who've built incredible businesses, who've probably spent the first 20 years of their business lives failing and the mistakes they made and the problems they overcame and how they worked at the kitchen tables, worried about paying the mortgage and all the rest of it. And it's, um, it's amazing and how she... A, gets them, and B, gets them to talk about their failures. Well, it's downloaded, and I cannot believe she's already on season 10, and I've never heard of this. So thank you, Rob, for that. I love You did it, Rob. You did it. You did it. I thank my wife. Yeah. She got me onto it. So, yeah. Well done, Mrs. Murphy. And before we wrap up, Rob, have you got any questions for James and I? Yeah, well, you know, for you, what makes a great podcast? You probably spend more time listening to podcasts than I, but is there a common theme among the podcasts that you think, yeah, yeah, this is great. No matter if we crime, it could be business, it could be whatever it is. Well, I think for me, it's a good story. Anything that's got a really good story and can hook you in, um, which No Strings Attached did, for me is what gets me across the line. So yeah, I've definitely listened to a few podcasts that don't have that production value, if you will, of leaving you at the end of an episode wanting more or, you know, giving you just enough, but needing to come back for the next episode to sort of fill in the blanks yeah so for me it's definitely story how about you else i would say if i feel a connection with the host and i feel like we have a friendship because the hosts play in my ears for 12 14 hours a day and before i even logged on to zoom tonight rob and spoke to you i feel like i already know you because you've been in my ears for <laughs> quite a few hours i've listened to your podcast twice and I'm excited about your next season because I feel like I'm listening to friends and I love this idea that there are people out there that can educate me about a story or something that I didn't know about whilst I'm carrying on with my everyday life. It's the host for me that I feel a connection with. So if I can connect to the host and the way they tell the story, for me, it's all about human connection. And is there a podcast that you've seen when you read the the write-up or you read the description of it you think there is no way I'm going to be interested in that at all there's that's just not my bag at all but when you listen you think I'm really in the zone here is there anything good question I sometimes comedy podcasts I feel unless they make me laugh out loud they're not educating me so if it's just two people being silly I can see why it's funny for some people, but um, I feel as if, God, I just wasted three hours of my life and I didn't learn anything, even though it was relatively funny. So I've definitely struggled to connect, which is ironic because I'm actually a positive psychologist or so specialise in happiness. Um, <laughs> but I like it when they're not necessarily trying to be funny. So I really like my dad wrote a porno because... It's just so hilarious. But again, it's Jamie, James and Alice that I'm connected to as opposed to the books that they're reading. So mm. I'd say for me, the, um, the topic of podcasts that would never have like piqued my interest before uh, are some along the lines of Hunting Warhead, for mm. example. So talking about pedophilia and we reviewed another podcast uh, recently called Silent Waves. And yeah, they're all about trauma. And, and I think at first reading those those descriptions, no way in hell that I'd ever invest 12 hours of my time to hear more about that kind of stuff. And then you listen to a podcast like Hunting Warhead and the way that they've brought that story together and the way that they've made it, not just about telling you about something horrible, but also educating you in that space, looking forward in terms of what solutions might look like in that space. And, you know, 
a feeling of hopefulness around really awful topics, those are the podcasts that then shift me from thinking that a, a subject is something completely off bounds to, to being actually something really interesting to listen to. Yeah. I have to ask you, Rob, because I'm very envious of you being in the UK during Christmas time, because I know it will feel far more Christmassy over there. What plans have you got for Christmas? Well, we just um, had a change because where we were going to go has been moved up a tier in the COVID. So uh, oh, we can't go there anymore. So we're, where we live has been moved down a tier. So uh, so we're staying, staying home, staying home with the kids and the dog. Oh, you have to tell me what kind of dog you've got. A Labrador. Lovely oh. little yellow Labrador. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah, just, yeah How yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rob. We really appreciate you taking the time to catch up with James and I and the no strings attached podcast by ITN was absolutely superb and we can ITV news Ollie oh, that's that old frame of sorry, yours <laughs> and we cannot wait for your season two is that also produced by ITN stroke ITV news yeah 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 same same team uh, as before and um i can't give you a title because we're still working on the title at the moment but yeah it's very exciting we just wanted it to be in the same ballpark as no strings attached mm -hmm. quality and and we're hoping it is the standard's quite high though rob <laughs> well I, yeah that's, that's really kind you've been very very kind about it thank you but yeah it's in the ballpark so that's yeah we're happy with that so uh, they're both great cases and yeah. So for our listeners, uh, being on the lookout in late January, because Robert Murphy and the team at ITV News will be releasing a podcast all about a cold case. And I believe, yeah, a cold case that was reopened and, and went on a bit of a roller coaster. But um, that sounds really exciting. Massive roller coaster. Thank you so much for being so interested in, in, in what we've done. So really appreciate your but time. But it's, really, it's you. really awesome to talk to you. And we wish you a very Merry Christmas and stay safe. And let's hope that the, the end of COVID is in sight. If you're in Australia, please feel free to reach yes. out and um, we'd love to catch up in person. We'll do. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your interest. Really Happy holidays. You. Now, Ollie, I'm always curious when we finish up uh, an episode, uh, what else you've been listening to this week. So I'm wondering, is there anything happening in Ollie's Corner? James, there is so much happening in Ollie's Corner right now because, as you know, we're coming up to our Christmas break and I have been able to... Rather than editing all of our podcasts, because we now have a fabulous new editor, I have been listening to podcasts back to back. And buddy, I've got maybe six or seven in the bank for you already. Yes. Well, that's uh, not, to, not to worry, but it's only about a month and a half worth. So <laughs> crack on, crack on. <laughs> and that took me a week to find you six because I listened oh, well, to about 35. We could then, we could. You got another another few up your sleeve. Uh, so what else is happening in Ollie's Corner? What are you listening to? So I've recently been listening to a podcast called All American Tiger Woods, which is quite unlike me to be listening to an American sports podcast, but it really grabbed my attention because it gives you a whole new perspective on the career and the life of Tiger Woods. I really like the way it's presented. And there's so many things about Tiger Woods that I didn't know. And it's told from a journalistic perspective. For any of our listeners out there who are super into sports, I highly recommend All American Tiger Woods. It's by Stitcher and hosted by Jordan Bell. And it's a phenomenal listen. For somebody who's not even really that interested in golf, I loved listening to this podcast. I was going to say for our listeners, this is a bit of a divergence, Sasquatch sighting because because <laughs> Ollie never recommends sport podcasts or very very rarely. So make sure you check it out. 
If you would like to follow us on any of our socials, we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or you could also drop us an email at myfriendhasnever at gmail.com. As always, a massive thank you to MJ from Multidesign, and we have a new thank you to do this week, Oz. We sure do to our phenomenal new editor, Jeff May, who's recently come on board. We, we can't thank him enough for joining the My Friend Has Never Listened to a Podcast team. We are absolutely stoked to have him on board. He just brings a wealth of experience and knowledge and skill to the team that's just going to make our podcast thrive. It's gonna, I'm just really, really excited for 2021. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to this special bonus episode, interviewing Robert Murphy from ITN News, who did the No Strings Attached podcast. ITV News. ITV. ITN, ITV, James, it's all the same. <laughs> all good, buddy. All right, James, I'll talk to you on the other side. I'll talk to you on the other side, buddy. Bye.